Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into ancient Egypt. Our myths may not be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. A warning, today's myth contains dramatizations and discussions of incest and mass murder. Please exercise caution for all listeners under 13. Deep, inky blackness surrounded him. The heavy, crushing sensation pushed in from all sides. It wasn't painful exactly. He wasn't sure what pain was, but it was unpleasant. He had never noticed it before. In fact, he had never noticed anything before. He wasn't even sure he existed before this moment, but he knew he wished to be out of this imposing abyss. Suddenly, the sensation disappeared. He felt lighter, like he was flying. He searched his thoughts, desperately trying to discover his own name. A seed began to form in the back of his mind. It grew until he couldn't contain it. He threw his head back and shouted, Ra's eyes shot open, light exploding all around him. It seemed to come from inside his body. The illumination revealed a roiling, angry ocean of dark water far beneath his feet. Every direction was unadulterated chaos. Walls of steel-gray clouds swirled. Rain shot upwards from the water. The sky and sea melted together and tore apart. Ra's light was the only constant. Inside that glowing orb, Ra brought order to the world. The stability within felt good. Ra was fighting the chaos. But there was something else in this realm the gaze of another staring at him from the dark pit of the ocean, a presence beneath the roiling abyss. Hello? Is someone there? You have risen. Who are you? Where am I? I am new. You are the ocean? This storm? I am all of it. Can you make it stop? No. But you can. At the mere thought of silencing the storm, everything changed. The waves and skies calmed. Ra looked down. He was no longer floating through the air, but instead standing on solid ground. A mountain of volcanic earth had risen from under the waters. Warm black sand squished beneath his toes. It was the first time Ra was aware he had toes. He lifted his head and stared back into the abyss. The ocean was calm, but the oppressive darkness remained. How am I doing this? You are the almighty Ra. You are God. The words shocked Ra, but he knew they were true. He could feel the strength gathering in his soul. This world, this cosmos, was his.
Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today is the first part of the story of Ra, the Egyptian god of the sun and creator of all life. Ra's existence is tied to the concept of ma'at, a balance and order to all things, something that became increasingly more difficult the more life Ra brought into existence. Coming up, Ra creates the world. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Intuit, the technology platform that brings financial confidence with products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. You might have learned the recorder in school, but probably not how to navigate the financial world. Luckily, Intuit's on a mission to help with the free Intuit for Education program. It provides students with the lessons to learn essential skills, like how to build credit, file taxes, and budget. Check out their free resources at intuit.com education. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The story of Ra goes back thousands of years to northeastern Egypt and the very beginning of written language. Despite growing into one of the world's first superpowers, Ancient Egypt had humble beginnings. What began as a handful of agrarian villages scattered alongside the banks of the Nile quickly grew into two kingdoms, one in the south and one in the north. Around 3100 BCE, the two kingdoms formed together under the rule of King Menes. For the next three millennia, Egypt ruled northeastern Africa, fighting off constant threats from the Nubians, the Assyrians, the Romans, and the Greeks. A polytheistic culture, the Egyptians believed that their kings, the pharaohs, were the living embodiment of the gods. Because of this, the hierarchy of the gods frequently changed over thousands of years. Typically, the god cult worshipping the current pharaoh was at the center. There were gods of war and chaos and fertility. Being a desert kingdom, there were multiple gods related to the sun, but all of the sun gods traced back to the most powerful of them all. Ra. Ra was enormously popular throughout ancient Egypt. He once gained such a widespread following that for a brief period, Egypt became a monotheistic culture. But he wasn't just the god of the sun, the most powerful of all the heavens. He was also the first god, the source of all creation. Ra walked along the sand, the burning light from within illuminating a circle around him. New sand and ash rose from the ocean with each step he took. 
The thought of being a god was hard to comprehend, especially when the source was a voice from the depths of the sea. But all around him, everything obeyed his commands. He brought order to the calamity. A sudden certainty washed over Ra. He turned toward the ocean. I am here to bring balance to this world. Indeed you are. How did I get here? Did you summon me? You created yourself. You spoke your own name, and there you were. There was darkness, now there is light. Ma'at requires balance. Ma'at, an order to all things. The thought of order overpowered Ra. He looked at the world around him, the storms and the ocean, the constant turmoil. He loathed the chaos. His gaze fell to the black, sandy island beneath him. It was solid, it was sturdy. Between the swirling storms and the abyss, it meant order. Ra was going to reclaim this realm. The chaos would reign no more. He slowly raised his hand. All around him, new sand sprang from the ocean. The island grew wider, so wide that the edges went far beyond Ra's circle. Ra could not allow that. He wanted to see how far his dominion stretched. He leapt into the sky and spread his arms. He could feel the heat build inside his body, the pool of light flowing beneath him. He could see the swath of black sand stretching to the horizon. Ra could see everything. And there wasn't much of it. There was the darkness of the never-ending ocean and his flat volcanic island. It didn't feel like balance at all. Ra stared at his little plot of land. It was his home. Of that, he was certain. Benben. My home is called Benben. But it wasn't enough. Ra needed to do more. Ma'at required it. He wanted to go back to the ground to think. Though this heavenly light was a nice change from the oppressive blackness, he liked having it high above. If only I could leave my light in the sky and bask in its warmth. But it is part of me and I cannot split myself in two. Or can I? We can do whatever we want. The voice echoed from deep within Ra. It was a piece of his own self, the pulsing light that glowed within him. The thought of separating that light from himself frightened him, for he did not know what he would be without it. But the possibilities it presented were undeniable. The possibilities are endless. I am the master of all creation. No, we are creation itself. If I can split myself in two, then I can provide light. And I will be free to create, unfettered by darkness. We can end this chaos. I'll do it. Ra roared and tore the very fabric of his own being. He felt the emptiness of chaos eating at him, threatening to consume him, but his resolve hardened. He split himself in two. Leaving a burning disk of light in the sky, Ra turned himself into a falcon and flew to Benben below. On the ground, he decided he liked the falcon head and kept it. He formed one single eye in the middle of his head 
and blinked. For the body, however, he needed something more substantial than a falcon, something sturdy and versatile. He gave himself two long legs, two arms, and a powerful torso. This body, he felt, was ideal. Other creatures should have this design. Ra felt the rush of power flow through him. He could feel the universe balance out with each decision he made. So Ra made more. He made mountains and valleys, lakes and rivers, and trees and rocks. Yet all these new creations did nothing to counter the storms that raged all around his land. The light countered the darkness, but the abyss still surrounded him. This heavenly realm was almost perfect, but it wasn't quite balanced. It was incomplete. New! What have I missed? New? New! But there was no reply. Ra flew into the air and looked around at his empire. There is nothing here. I have created a vast empire of nothing. I replaced a tumultuous void with a tranquil one, but it is a void nonetheless. A new feeling swirled in Ra's gut, a sinking in his soul. His constantly growing empire made him feel small. New, where are you? Why won't you answer me? Do not abandon me, not now. The emptiness of the realm taunted Ra. He felt strangely hollow. He was lonely. The opposite of nothing isn't beautiful nothing. It is life. This is order, but this is not balance. Ma'at has yet to be achieved. Ra closed his eye and focused his mind. He would fill this realm with a family. The cold indifference of the abyss would be balanced out with love and companionship. He filled his mouth with saliva and spat onto the ground. A dark, heavy cloud formed over the spit. A slow trickle of rain fell into the puddle. The trickle quickly turned into a downpour, Fog rolled in from the ocean and formed a dense, gray pillar around the puddle. Ra concentrated all his energy on the tiny storm. Life, life will be the answer. This wasn't something that could be rushed. He was crafting the perfect child. Slowly, a shape began to form within the fog. With a snap of his fingers, the pillar exploded, water rushing out in every direction. Standing in its place was a figure that looked like him, but different. The head of a lion on a similar body to Ra's. She stared down at the fingers on her hand. She looked as confused as Ra had been at the moment of his own creation. Who am I? You are Tefnut, goddess of the moisture in the air the life-giving water that touches everything. Tefnut touched the tips of her sharp fangs and flinched. She searched her body, touching her breasts and her hips. She began to panic. What am I? Why am I like this? Ma'at requires balance. Our bodies are opposites. I am the male form. You are a female form. You have the heart of a lion, so you have the head of one. Tefnut, look at me. 
The scared little girl lifted her eyes to her father. Rob bent down to one knee. You are home. Tefnut took a deep breath. Her hands stopped shaking as she smiled and let out a mighty roar. She rushed to her father and wrapped him in a warm embrace. The pit in Ra's soul retreated. He could feel the love changing the very air around him. Rain began to fall. These were storms of life. The darkness was retreating, yet there was still more to be done. If Ra was to create the warm, life-giving moisture, he needed to make the hot, dry air as well. Balance in all things. Ra stood up and took a deep breath. He let out a long, slow exhale. Ra's breath stirred the sand. A small tornado formed, pulling the sand into the air. In the middle of the cyclone appeared a small boy. He had a long headdress of feathers and an ankh in one hand. The boy stepped out of the tornado, staring in awe at his father. You, my son, are Shu. You are the god of wind and air. You will spread the seeds across the land, bringing life wherever you blow. Tefnut, Shu, you are my children. You will foster all life. Shu looked to his sister and smiled. Tefnut reached out her hand to him. The boy took it and smiled back. Shu, we are going to be soulmates. Together, forever. Ra watched the pair chase each other in circles around the island. He was proud of what he had made, his own family. He had done it. Ma'at was fulfilled. There was order and balance in the heavenly realm. These two would sustain life, and life would counter the nothingness. Ra sat down on the ground, delighted with his own work, but weary. Creating life was surprisingly exhausting. He leaned his head against a tree and watched his children chase each other across the island. Slowly, Ra's eye closed. The sound of his children laughing lulled him to sleep. (sighs) Ra stretched out his arms. He wasn't sure how long he had been asleep, but when Ra awoke, he felt refreshed. Balance in all things, Ra thought. He had worked hard. It made sense that he needed to rest. But something wasn't right. Everything was perfectly still. There was no cool breeze or warm wind. There was no sound of children running or laughing. Panicked, Ra leapt from the ground. He made the sun brighter and shot into the air. Shu! Tefnut! Where are you? He couldn't see them anywhere. His peace was gone. The world he had created was so vast, he had no idea where they went. They had simply disappeared. Coming up, Raw searches for his missing children. Listeners, this month marks 60 years since John F. Kennedy became the 35th President of the United States, ushering his already prominent family into the highest enclaves of political power. But behind their storied successes lie secrets and scandals so severe, if it were any other lineage, they would have been left in ruin. 
This January, to commemorate this iconic milestone, dig into the dramas of a real-life American dynasty in the Spotify original from ParCast, The Kennedys. This exclusive series from Spotify features your favorite ParCast hosts, including me, covering every angle of the Kennedys from shows like Conspiracy Theories, Unsolved Murders, Crime Countdown, and others. Assassinations and conspiracies, corruption and cover-ups, international affairs, and extramarital ones, too. Examine all of the Kennedy family's most controversial moments, all in one place. You can binge all 12 episodes of this limited series starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Follow The Kennedys free and exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to our story. Ra, all-powerful god of the universe, flew through the air, his heart racing. His children were nowhere to be found. Shu! Tefnut! I cannot see them. Where are you? There was no reply. Despite his light covering every inch of his world, somehow they escaped him. Ra knew there could be nothing out there to hurt them. He hadn't created any other living thing. It was irrational for him to worry. Yet he remained frantic. He flew circles around his island, Ben-Ben, but this heavenly realm was much larger than that by this point. The glow of his sun stretched far and wide. There were other islands, mountains and valleys, deserts and caves, seas and lakes and rivers, they could be anywhere. I'm going to search every inch of this realm. What if they return while we are gone? Then they'll be just as alone. They may even think I abandoned them. They must be so scared. His heart ached, thinking about their despair. His son and daughter were new to this world, and he had already failed them. Ra had to remedy this situation. He couldn't go out searching for the children, but he could create something that could. Ra tilted his head back and looked skyward. A trail of fire poured out of the sun like a waterfall. It flowed directly into Ra's eye, a pillar of fire connecting Ra to the disk he left behind. His emotions ran wild. All the sadness, anger, and heartbreak flooded into his creation. He put as much of his own power into this new entity as possible. It was a risky choice, but Ra wanted to leave nothing to chance. He reached his hand up and plucked his eyeball from his face. His world plunged into darkness. He had to trust that his eye was going to find them. He held the eye out, putting all his energy into it. He held nothing back. Ra pulled his hand away. The burning eye floated in the air, flames pulsing out from all sides. A sudden explosion sent a wave of fire over Ra's body. Then, nothing. 
Ra wondered if his experiment had even worked at all. After a moment of uncertain silence, a voice cut through the darkness. I feel so strong. <sighs> That's because you are a god, Sekhmet. Ra smiled. He hadn't simply created another child. This was a fully formed warrior princess capable of conquering all. You are raw power and pure emotion. The fate of this realm rests on the task before you. Name it, father. I am here to serve. Your brother and sister are missing. Are they gods like me? Nothing is like you. I'm worried your siblings will be lost forever if you don't find them. I can already feel Ma'at shifting without them. Sekhmet knelt before her father, the sand melting into glass as her fiery knee rested against it. Tell me what I can do. You are my eye. Nothing will escape your vision. Fly across the world. I want you to search every inch of creation, every cave, and every mountaintop. Do not return here until you have found Shu and Tefnut. I won't let you down, father. The ground shook all around Ra as Sekhmet leapt into the air. He could hear his daughter blazing a path through the air above him, slowly disappearing over the horizon. Ra sat down. He knew Sekhmet would be back soon. Then there would be balance once again. His family would be whole, and he would once again feel happiness. Ra waited, and waited, and waited. Still, there was no sign of either Shu and Tefnut or Sekhmet. All his children were gone, and Ra was once again all alone on Benben. Now he wasn't just lonely, but blind as well. Time began to lose all meaning to Ra. The tranquil waters around the island swelled. A storm blew in from the ocean. Is that you, Tefnut? Are you home? But this wasn't one of her refreshing storms. This was something more primal. Ra could feel himself returning to the darkness of his origins. The pressure crushed him from all sides. Madness filled his mind. For the first time in eons, he could feel the darkness. The ocean roiled around Benben. The waves violently crashed against the shore, the cool water rushing over Ra. The abyss was reclaiming Ra, like his own anguish was fueling the dark. Ra, where are your creations? New? They are lost, and I sent my eyes searching for them. Where have you been? I am always here. I just don't always answer. Then why are you calling out to me now? You have blinded yourself. Put yourself into darkness. Sekhmet has the vision. She has the light. Your children have all the power. The darkness has returned. It senses your weakness. If you don't stop this, your children will be no more. Ra's mind cleared. Nu was right. Ra rose out of the flooding waters. He had to fight back. Life brought balance and order once before. Life can do it once again. 
Sekhmet's red tunic fluttered behind her as she flew through the sky. She crossed thousands of miles of desert. The scorched, barren land comforted her. There was something about the oppressive heat and the unforgiving environment that appealed to her. Despite her best efforts, Sekhmet was coming up empty-handed. She searched every corner, even scanning the darkest recesses of the ocean, but to no avail. There was no sign of her siblings anywhere. Sekhmet knew she couldn't fail. There was no point in going back if she was going to let Ra down. Sekhmet slowed down. It wasn't something she saw that caught her attention, but something she heard, weeping. It was far in the distance, but unmistakable. Sekhmet spun around in the air, trying to track down the source. The cries echoed back and forth across a far-off mountain chain, the sound of a creature in pain. Flying as fast as she could, Sekhmet made for the rocky ridges. As she crossed the apex, two beings came into view, Shu and Tefnut. No longer children, they were fully grown. Between them was the source of the anguish. It was a tangled mass of flesh, seemingly nothing but writhing limbs and pained cries. Sekhmet shot down the mountain like a fireball, directly toward her siblings. What is that abomination? Shu and Tefnut stood tall between Sekhmet and the fleshy ball, their arms wrapped around each other's shoulders. Tefnut, Shu, I have been looking everywhere for you. Stay where you are, demon! You think I'm a demon? We do not know you. What else could you be? I am your sister, the Eye of Ra. You have kept father waiting for far too long. But... He has no reason to worry. Shu and I are gods. Gods that have never known loneliness. I've been over every inch of this realm to find you. It is time you came home and explain yourselves to Father. Father will understand. It took us eons before we realized we couldn't find our way back, and honestly, we didn't care. We were together, and that was all that mattered. I see. And what is that thing? Our twins, Geb and Newt, they've been intertwined since birth and we've not been able to separate them. They refuse to let go of one another. You can't leave them like that. They're in pain. Aren't those cries of joy? Fools, the both of you. I can see why father needed to create a wiser child. Sister, pick up the twins. We are going back. Ra will know what to do. Sekhmet shot into the air and hovered over her siblings. She had found them, just like her father had asked. Now she just had to get them home. Tefnut scooped up the crying babies from the ground. She and Shu lifted into the breeze. Sekhmet launched herself over the ridges, making sure her siblings were keeping up. She couldn't lose them now. Sekhmet took the direct route back. Even if her brother and sister didn't care about the life of their child, she wasn't going to watch Ra's only grandchildren die. Her siblings didn't seem to understand their roles in this world. It wasn't that they didn't love their father, but they were more devoted to each other. It was a waste of time, she thought. Her father was her only loyalty. She had been a part of him. They were created from spit and breath. She had been his eye. 
Without her, Ra was blind and alone. Her father might have missed his other children, but he needed her. Sekhmet could see Ben-Ben in the distance. She was nervous, filled with anticipation. For the first time ever, they would be a complete family. But the island was different now. A giant spear-shaped pillar rose from the center of the island, surrounded by a grand palace. Ra floated above it. How could Father have created such a structure without his sight? Sekhmet flew faster. From above the obelisk, her father waved. He could see her, and he wasn't alone. Sekhmet landed on the island, shocked by both its dramatic transformation and the cat-faced princess smirking back at her. She had a new sister. Shu and Tefnut rushed into their father's arms, but Sekhmet stood back. Her smile was a distant memory now. She hadn't been missed at all. Her father didn't need her. He had made himself a new eye and so much more. The love and loyalty in Sekhmet's heart had been washed away, replaced by jealousy and rage. She had been replaced. Coming up, Sekhmet plots her revenge. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now, back to the story. Warmth radiated from Ra's chest, not like the light from before. This was pure emotion. He was overcome with joy at the scene before him. His first children returned to him. Look at this! Our entire family together at last! What a blessed sight. You have a new eye. So I do, Sekhmet. I sat here on this island blind for an eternity. It didn't seem fitting for a god, so I fashioned myself another. And who is she? Your sister. That's Bastet. She was the first eye I made after you left. You two are both eyes of Ra. Delightful. So I've been replaced. I am the creator, Sekhmet. For there to be order, I must be able to see. You are bothered by my new creation? I would never challenge you, father. I don't see the need for this cheap facsimile. Sekhmet circled Bastet. Both warriors glared at each other. Until now, the only emotion Ra had ever received from another being was pure joy. With everyone alive and well, there was no reason that Sekhmet should be troubled. Yet she seemed to hold her own sister in contempt. But for the moment, Ra had other concerns. He soared past Sekhmet and flew to Tefnut, studying the twisted knot of malnourished twins in her arms. Tefnut, daughter, what is this thing you carry? 
This father is your grandchildren, Geb and Newt. Tefnut, have these two ever been apart? They're going to choke each other to death. I know, but they seemed happy embraced the way they are. It reminded me of Shu and I, and I just didn't have the heart to separate them. My sweet child, I don't know how they've made it this long. Give them to me. Ra took Geb and Newt in his arms. He had to do something for these young gods. With one hand wrapped around each child, Ra began to pull. But they refused to let go. They clung to each other like their very existence depended on it. Straining, Ra tripled his size, transforming himself into a giant. Summoning all his strength, he pulled at the knotted twins, but their spindly arms refused to give way. Still, he would not stand by and watch his grandchildren strangle themselves. With one final effort, Ra finally pulled the children as far apart as he could. He shoved Geb down into the ground and lifted Newt high into the air. And then the world around them roared to life. Father, what is happening? I have given your children purpose. Geb is the earth and Newt is the sky. This will be a new world and they are two parts of the same whole. A balance, just as Ma'at requires. Is this world for us? No. Ben-Ben is our home. I want us all to be here, together. Ra reached out his arms to embrace all of his children. Shu and Tefnut leaned into their father's arms, but Sekhmet refrained, watching them from afar. Ra was too joyful to worry about Sekhmet. His family was whole, and he had just saved his grandchildren and created a new world entirely. Ra began to sob, his tears falling onto the new world below. <laughs> Wherever Ra's tears hit the earth, figures rose from the desert dust. They had two long arms and legs, like Ra and the other gods, but their faces were tamer, more docile. From nothing more than his tears, Ra had created humanity. Ra looked down on his newest creation. They turned toward the heavens and praised the burning disk in the sky. They are worshipping us. I will watch over them during the day, and my eye will watch over them at night. Sekhmet perked up. A smile crept across her face, and she finally stepped toward her father. Bastet, you will be the moon above the earth. What? You're giving this to her? Sekhmet, calm down. I have enough love for all my children. You give me this great power. You set me loose across all of creation in search of your beloved children. And what do I get in return? Replaced by another eye? Why does she get to be the moon? There's no need to get angry. Those mortals will probably be treated better than this. This is bigger than just you. This is about Ma'at. But Sekhmet wasn't waiting around to hear what her father had to say. She burst into the sky, a blazing fireball, and headed toward the mountains. Ra watched as his daughter disappeared over the horizon. He shook his head and turned back to Bastet. Pay no attention to your sister. Mm, she is jealous of me. 
What do you mean, jealous? She wishes to have what I have. She was your first eye. She is so strong, the mightiest of all of you. Why would she ever feel inadequate? Stay near me until we see your sister again. Of course, I will forever be by your side. Ra looked over his palace. While the rest of the family happily got to know one another, Ra drifted away. They didn't know Sekhmet like he did. He needed her as an ally, because if she ever realized her full power, Ben-Ben would be no more. Far from her father's island, Sekhmet stewed on the jagged mountain peaks. Her red eyes burrowed down on the earth below. I hate those filthy humans. They don't know how lucky they are just to exist. Just like Bastet. Favored for no reason. Look at them. Half of them don't even worship Ra, their own creator. A crooked smile spread across Sekhmet's face. She knew she would never be able to harm Bastet herself. She was her sister and a beloved eye of Ra, after all. These humans, however, were a different story. Perhaps she could have her revenge on them. Sekhmet leapt from the mountaintop and flew as fast as she could back to Ben-Ben. She had a plan. As the island came into view, Sekhmet noticed Ben-Ben looked completely different. The palace was bigger, and her siblings were considerably older. Their children were all grown. In her anger, Sekhmet realized she had no idea how long she'd been gone. Her family gathered around a large outdoor pavilion. Laughter filled the air. The gods were thriving. Sekhmet's rage burned brighter inside her chest. They haven't missed me one bit. Sekhmet landed in the middle of her family's dinner. The laughter and chatter immediately stopped, all eyes on the prodigal daughter. Ra stood and held out his arms. Sekhmet, I have missed you dearly. I take it you didn't send another eye out to look for me. It seemed foolish to try. I knew if you wanted to be home, you would show up in your own time. But you're here now. Come, meet my great-grandchildren. This is Isis, Osiris, Nephthys, and Set. I don't have time for introductions. Father, I'm afraid I've returned with bad news. <laughs> Segment, please. Ma'at is in balance. My family sits together. There is no one to bring us harm. It's not us. It's your humans. They are in no danger. Osiris has been keeping watch over them. Pardon me, but I don't think Osiris is doing his job. They've strayed, turned their back on their creator, their god. They are rebelling against order, against Ma'at, and against you. It is but a few. But a few? Almighty Ra, they are cursing you. They have desecrated their land and created their own gods. They will destroy their world. Then what will be of your precious Ma'at? With all due respect to Osiris, send me. I will enact your vengeance. Allow me to cleanse the earth of this infection and restore the balance. Sekhmet could see the anger simmering inside Ra. Her plan was working. She knelt onto the ground and lowered her head. All the children looked toward Ra. Do it, but only kill a third of them. The dead cannot learn from their mistakes. As you wish. 
Sekhmet disappeared, transporting herself down to the human realm of Earth. Ra's body trembled with anger at the human's transgressions. His daughter was right. They had strayed too far. Ra left the dinner and flew to the top of the obelisk. From there, he watched his daughter transport to Earth. She had turned into a massive, blazing lion with terrifying fangs made of fire and a stomach that could hold all of humanity. Her red death descended on the mountains of Earth. The fire quickly spread, eating up the vegetation and animals. Women and children cried out in pain. The monstrosity consumed the mountain range and quickly spread to the desert. The smell of burning flesh was so pungent it reached Benben. Sekhmet quickly devoured a third of humanity as Ra had commanded. But she didn't stop. She kept feeding, eating every human that was in her path. Sekhmet was out of control. This is disorder. Ma'at is coming undone. She's going to kill them all. Father! Set his... I don't have time for family squabbles. But, Father... Not now. Your sister is destroying the earthly realm. The darkness is growing stronger as we speak. If we do not stop her, there will be no balance. And there will be no Ben-Ben. What can I do? Ra held out his hand and closed his eye. The sand rose from the ground, forming giant ornate vases. Ra snapped his finger, and the vases all filled with a dark red liquid. Bastet looked down to the vases in horror. Is that blood? Hopefully your sister will think so. She wants blood, so that's what we'll give her. Take these vases down to the human realm and tell your sister it is an offering. What if she's not satisfied? She will be. The liquid you see is beer. Once she drains these containers, she'll be too drunk to continue her slaughter. Now go, hurry. Bastet rushed the vases down to earth. Ra watched helplessly as his two eyes met face to face. Bastet landed in the middle of the desert. This wasn't how she was expecting her first visit to the earthly realm to go. A mountain of fire approached. Two eyes opened in the flames. Sekhmet walked out of the flame, a smile across her face. Bastet swallowed her pride and bent her knee. Dear sister. Father's favorite down on her knees. Does Ra think you can stop me? I've not come to stop you. I've come to bring you an offering. I don't want an offering. Then consider it a gift. Since it's blood you desire, Father has brought you blood. Take a break. Enjoy the pleasures without any of the toil. I know I would. Slaughter is quite taxing. Bastet lifted her eyes toward her sister. Sekhmet leaned over a vase, inspecting the dark red liquid. She dipped her finger in and gave it a taste. Then she smiled and picked the vase up off the ground. Bastet watched as Sekhmet drank vase after vase, one gulp each. 
A moment later, Sekhmet sat the last vase down. Her eyes glazed over, unable to focus. Her legs and arms wobbled, and she dropped onto the sand. The fire around her died down. Bastet could hear the humans cheering in joy and relief. She lifted her head toward the heavens and smiled. Ra's plan had worked. Ra did not rejoice. He was shaken by the destruction Sekhmet left behind. So many dead. He had never wanted this for his creations, even if they were disorderly and evil. Genocide wasn't balance. Ma'at wouldn't be restored until he sought justice for these souls. But the souls weren't on the earthly realm. The souls of his subjects were gone. Ra turned toward the abyss. It was the only place left that they could be. No! Where are my human souls? Where they are isn't your creation. I am Ra! There is nothing that I did not create! Ma'at requires balance. If there is Benben and there is God, there must be an opposite, an anti-God. Your souls are with your opposite. A sudden chill crept over Ra. In his eons of existence, he had never considered that he might have an opposite, something that dwelled in a place that he didn't create. The universe was bigger than he had ever known. Shaken to his core, Ra fell from atop the obelisk and crashed into the sand. Father! A blood-curdling scream ran out across Benben. Ra lifted his head from the ground. Tefnut ran toward him, panicked. Ra rose to his feet. He tried to put on a brave face, but it was too much. His world was unraveling. What's wrong? It's set. He murdered Osiris. Osiris's body is gone. And Set refuses to say what he did with his brother. Ra looked around. There was murder in the heavens, genocide on Earth, and half his human souls were missing. Ma'at was coming undone. Disorder and chaos ran wild. Ra had lost control. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with the conclusion to the story of Ra as Ra travels into the underworld. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back on Tuesday with the conclusion of this epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Adriana Gomez and Mickey Taylor. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Ellie Schiff, Laura Faye Smith, KG Tang and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Fact. 
fiction, fame. Discover the real story behind one of history's most formidable families in the Spotify original from ParCast, The Kennedys. Remember, you can binge all 12 episodes starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify.